these two event pros were such a joy to talk to probably because they have so much podcasting experience they have a podcast the better events podcast and they bring diverse perspectives so logan is in the sports events industry and she's worked on olympic teams and mary works in fundraising and so purposeful events raise money for causes so super diverse perspectives and they partnered up they're leading a conference the better events conference and they also have their podcast so check it out mary's going to introduce herself first awesome i'll start with like the a little bit of the resume and then get into like more what i'm passionate about but so i'm mary davidson co-host of the better events podcast here with my co-host logan Woo! We both uh, do events. And so I've done events for seven years. I mainly do fundraising events. So I've done fundraising for 11 years. And so that just like transitioned into events. So I'm, I'm passionate about that. I love working with nonprofits on their missions and helping raise money for causes that are bigger than me. That's what kind of gets me out of bed every morning. And so that's been really nice to be a part of. And I'm grateful every morning I wake up and I'm like, you know, I get to choose to do this. That's pretty cool. So I would say that's like something that that makes me happy. It's something I'm passionate about. And I just love the industry through that, like the collaboration that I have seen and, and experienced, like with Logan, like us doing this podcast or us all three talking right now, like that's something that is so exciting to me that there's this community that's willing to collaborate with each other. So I'll stop there. There's a lot more I could say. And it looks like Logan, you really enjoyed that. So uh, that was that, that's amazing, Mary. Yeah, no, I I saw you're a big advocate for purposeful events. So uh, very much on theme there. Super curious uh, about you know how event design is different in terms of fundraising. So let's get into that in a second. But uh, yeah, Logan, what what do you love to share? If I were to give you the permission to to boast or share share some moments that you're really proud of in your long career as as an event professional in the sports industry I'd, I'd love to hear yeah i was uh i feel like i was snapping a lot in the background during mary's intro because i'm like you're saying half what i would probably say but yeah i'm logan clovins i'm the owner of logan strategy group uh i'm a freelance event producer i started my company mainly just because i loved events and wanted to explore what kind of events i actually liked doing versus working at an agency and just doing the events that they won uh, my lifelong dream has always been to work at the Olympics, and I got to achieve that in 2021 at the Tokyo Olympics, but I'm constantly Woo! going for the next big sporting event and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I love doing the next. production side of things. So anything with a... I wish. Oh, if you guys... <laughs> I used to do, I always said curling was my backup sport, because if you look at any of the winter Olympians curlers, they're usually in their like... 40s and some are in their 50s. <laughs> so let's say I was training to be a bobsled athlete up until the pandemic. And actually, you really, yeah, remember, Mary, I went to like driving school and oh, oh, my partner, yeah. I had to bring my own brake person and I have driven a bobsled down the racetrack in Park City, Utah and survived to tell the tale. Um, but yes, there's an alternative universe <sighs> where I'm an Olympic bobsledder and that's just not in the cards now, but I love Anything with a stage, a microphone, entertaining is like the core of what I do with sports events, but I do that also with corporate, nonprofit, anybody else. I think um, Jacques talking about joy here on this podcast. It, mm -hmm. I was writing some notes and like sports and the excitement you feel at a game. Oh my gosh. 
are the epitome of joy. And then I'm kind of like applying some of those lessons to my other events that are always like, how do we make this corporate sales conference more fun? And it's like, throw t-shirts off the stage. And they're like, really? I'm like, it's simple, but I, it will energize people. It's unexpected, you know? So that's a little bit about me, I guess. Very long-winded answer to your wow. question. Wow. <laughs> so I think I think what we should do is just stop talking events and just talk about how to get to the Olympic bobsledding team because that's been my life mission as well. <laughs> um, I'm I so... see a team forming right here. <laughs> Here's the team. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure there's so many things we could learn from that. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm so excited to hear that. The Olympics. Wow. So many lessons, I imagine, from that experience. Um, but what I want to emphasize is what you said about the sports arena and just the contagious energy and positivity and the and the context, the context is, hey, we can get really loud and proud and excited and and you'll see, you know, normal people who may not dance, who may not cheer in their normal lives, and they walk into a sports arena and the contagious energy, um, you know, this is what I believe the human being is is wired for, right? This, this ecstatic uh, celebration is a big term I use. So I, I love that so much. And I'd love for you to uh, share more about that. I did want to ask... Um, Briefly, before we jump into these these joy strategy questions, um, yeah, what 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 is an event that really inspired you, or an event that you attended that really inspired you, Mary? I'd love to hear. It's hard to pick one. I think Logan and I've had some like side conversations about this yeah. too. It's yeah. really hard to identify, and it and is like, is it one that I was attending, or is it one that I was just like part of the planning process? I and I, I don't know the answer necessarily, but. I think that the ones that really are memorable and stick out to me are the ones that have like this moment of authenticity, which I think it sounds like you're also trying to achieve like with this podcast. And I think that's awesome because it gives people time to like come together and support something. I don't know, together. There's this sense of like unification. And I think that's really powerful. So I'm trying to think exactly like what event that is. But I've seen it happen a lot since I do a lot of fundraisers, right? There's this moment where you're talking about this cause and they're like, we need you to help with this amazing thing that needs to happen. And there's this great need and like, what a moment for us all to come together. Um, mm. So I'll try to think of a specific example, but I'll say that for now. Wow. No, I I, I love what you said because the, the unification, I think, is uh, those united moments, the audience unites where everyone feel truly together as opposed to um, in the same room, right? There's in the same room togetherness, and then there's feeling truly together and, and unified. And that's really what I try to create whenever I'm throwing a, a party in whatever country I'm in. Um, Logan. Oof. These, yeah, I feel like there's too many. So it's always like, what was a recent experience that I feel like is in my head? Um Main, I, I guess a tennis event that I worked, I said it made my whole day was uh, we had a fan in the audience that we interviewed uh, while one of the players was like taking a break during their practice. And it was a, a, a kid who was from the same country as this player. And because the, of the timing of how we did it, we were able to actually get the player's attention. And she started listening to what this fan was saying and answering these questions. And all of a sudden you could see her looking around, trying to figure out where in the audience this fan was se seated. And we got her, we were pointing and they like had this moment where they waved and connected Aww. and it was like 
I was laughing. I was like, we'd had a really long day. And just the end of it, I was like, you know what? That seven-year-old and the, oh, the best is the mom at we, the seven, the kid was asked, how old are you? And the mom's going, you're seven, you're seven. And the kid went six, like panicked on the <laughs> microphone. And I was just like, this is amazing. I've had the best. Like, I'm like, it doesn't matter what happens the rest of the day. Like we've made this one six or seven-year-old. We're still not sure. <laughs> uh, we've made their day um, with this just one moment of connection and that like, yeah, I think that like wow. stuff like that is like why I get excited about events and why I want to put the long hours in and the yeah. hustle or the travel, you know, it's all, all about that. Yeah. You know, what I'm thinking about is, uh, what Tony Robbins does and how he brings the audience into the show. And then it's the audience's emotions that impacts everyone in the, in the audience, right? So the one audience member who's sharing something, it impacts everyone so much, almost beyond just the speaker. And so huge advocate for, yeah, in, engaging the audience and especially those emotional moments, those human moments that, are vulnerable, right? Um, so I, I'm the party scientist and uh, this is the party scientist lab. So joy to me is this, this natural antidepressant, but it's also a cognitive enhancer, you know, it improves SAT and ACT scores. It's incredible, the power of, of positivity and joy. And I really advocate for a joy strategy, right? To, uh, to facilitate social bonding, to facilitate collaboration, um, and also just put everyone in a, a good state for uh, using their brains, right? Um, and I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, in terms of event strategy and joy strategy, each of you is how do you think about joy in terms of incorporating it into your events? And yeah, how would you describe your approach to using joy in your events? Mary, we can start with you. I mean, this is like a loaded question and it's a great question. And something that I think is just interesting to say first is like, I've actually thought a lot about like the, ha like the word happiness because people are like, I, I want to be happy. This makes me happy. It's like a word that we use, use like a lot in our day to day. But to me, like joy, right? is like one step up from happy it's like more holistic it's like joy is like this this big this big thing to me and happy is just like something we experience sometimes so i think this is interesting there probably is a science behind it like you're saying so interested to, to learn more but i guess to answer your question um i think that if you're passionate about something that that energy just like really spills out so in events as as planners and producers or, or however you're involved in events like it just I think if we are bringing that energy to the process and then when we're on site too it can just really impact it like incredibly right because there's so many people who we I have worked with <laughs> who like are pretty negative on site <laughs> and I'm like we don't have room for that right now right we are just trying to accomplish something together positive vibes only so um Logan let me pass it to you and then I might come back again with some additional thoughts but uh, Logan I'd love to hear your thoughts too just want to highlight one thing Logan yeah. before you um contagious positivity and contagious negativity I I've read about both and uh you know you can feel toxic negativity when it enters a room and in fact our bodies are so intelligent we know when someone is uh you know to go off off the script here we know when someone's a psychopath right like our bodies almost know we can detect it and we also know 
when someone uh, is having a really rough day and is really tense and there's a lot of cortisol in their bodies. And so I love that you're mentioning just the importance of like the team dynamic and, and are people on the event team negative or positive? That's, that's a huge factor. So I, I love that so much, Logan. Yeah. I think one thing you can learn from, I, I think joy is a great goal to have. I think understanding sometimes in the planning process, it's unrealistic to ask someone to be joyful all day, especially for a multi-day event. Um, and it just kind of working on the programming side with the content of just making sure that there are kind of not highs and lows, but you need to have kind of peaks and valleys of kind of what you're asking your attendees to feel. It's the same as like in a stadium of, again, a sports reference, but if the DJ was only playing EDM, like ns, ns, ns music the entire time, you're going to get tired of it versus if they pick the right moment when there's a big shot or some big score and they are all crescendoing together, like it feels more organic. Um, and so just making sure that you have that part because it is unrealistic. I think we also are in a sometimes almost like toxic positivity of an environment to say, you have to be happy all the time. And I think acknowledging that in your programming that they're, you know, 8.30 in the morning, maybe you want a motivational speaker who is gonna run around the room, get everyone up and moving because you wanna jolt them awake. Or maybe you want to start with like a yoga class and meditation and ease people into your day for, you know, the long day you're about to put them through with all your content. So having some intentionality there, I think is so important. Um, and then to your point too, about talking about, yes, I think the staff who work the event can also really bring that energy and bring that mood. So I've been doing a lot of, I do production, but I also do a registration. And so my pep talk, I always give my team who's working registration, the first people who usually are going to, you know, the check-in desk, they're the first people your, your attendees are going to interact with and just say, you know, I'd rather you take a beat and take a breath and, you know, greet someone joyfully versus take whatever energy they're bringing and absorb that when they come in. Cause you're gonna have someone who had trouble parking or is running late or something else happened and they're bringing whatever energy that literally happened unattached to us into that experience. So don't let their energy rush you. Mm. Like take the take the beat, say hello, <laughs> you know, get their badge in a call, do our process and don't let them rush you just cause they're coming with whatever had happened to them earlier in the day. Because if you let them rush you, then they're having that impression of like, okay, everybody else is harried like I am. And you know, you're not helping diffuse that as they go into their day. So um, I feel like that's a very little thing to do, but it's one consistently at all my events. Mm. I now always chat with the front desk folks because it is one that it's so easy to just mirror what you're feeling, what other people are feeling versus understanding like it's a new space. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> you made yeah. it. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing two themes. Um, being aware to not force people into joy, but make it uh, an invitation and also not um, throwing people into energy and into joy, uh, really ramping up gradually. Um, and, and I love that. And, and both approaches have worked for me. I have thrown people off the deep end into joy and with certain social technologies and music and, and activities, it, it kind of works all the time uh, for, for most people. Um, but there's always the risk of, of uh, you know, alienating some people, right? Um, so I wanted to also highlight this, this, uh, this first impression, right? And um, friendliness and positivity begets friendliness and positivity. And so if we just are the first ones 
to to be friendly oftentimes it's this weird human instinct to respond with friendliness like it's really hard to be pissed off at someone who's really friendly so uh human nature in your favor uh mary anything to add i just think it's true i was, I was thinking like on the opposite side too if someone's like super like rude or something you very quickly imitate that behavior too so i think i think it is contagious for sure yeah love it i want to go down a level now we've been talking about groups you know events groups of humans and there there's group joy communal joy that's really powerful and then there's interpersonal joy and it's more of the joy we experience when we're connecting one-on-one -on -one with a person or a small group and we're not in an, an event setting perhaps we're kind of in a small interaction and i'm curious um what both of you do to cultivate more of that joy when you're connecting with with people in your life uh, on a one-to-one -one basis we can uh, start with whoever has uh, anything they want to share. I'm ready, Logan. I'll take it. <laughs> um, okay. One of the things is just like, this might be oversimplifying it, but this, this that's what I do. So <laughs> I think that like, we're all human, right? And so there, I think it's good to just like have moments, like we're all weird and we're goofy and like, what even is normal anyway? And I just think like, there's, it's like, I love, connecting with people and finding joy through like laughing and being funny and just like kind of the odd things of, of life. Haha. -ha. Like, I don't know. We just talk about those to me that like one-on-one -on -one, those connections. I don't know if I can like laugh with someone and have a good time with them. That's what's going to stick out to me way more than other experiences. And that's when I'm most happiest too, is just being weird. So I'd say that's probably, <laughs> that's it for me. It's, it's definitely a blessing. I, I am blessed somehow I just laugh a lot. Like I, I laugh at myself. I laugh at things I observe in the world. I'm kind of like making fun of myself and like the, the human, the humans. <laughs> and, uh, that's kind of my approach to self self love is like just accepting that I'm human and, and that we live in this society that works in some ways and in some ways it doesn't work and just kind of finding humor and being a chimpanzee evolved chimpanzee as some might agree <laughs> yeah i think for me i mean part of what i feel like just connecting with other people i'm counterintuitively working on like not talking because i am a big talker and uh, Mary knows I do this uh, event pros book club that I started as an idea just to have, I wanted to read more nonfiction books and I'm always good with accountability. And so that's how it started. And, um, I had a friend compliment to me on my moderating of this group. And I was like, Oh, interesting. I don't feel like I'm moderating, but now I've been hyper aware of the last few meetups of like what I'm doing. That's different than my regular life. And I realized it's like being okay with silence of just sitting there. And having to like, like in my head being like, this is incredibly awkward, but I'm like, Logan, just stick it out. If you wait, it'll give someone time to like, who maybe just takes another second or two to process like sound and noise doesn't, is not always better. And so, um, that's something that I'm, I'm working on in the, that like small group setting. And then even individually, just cause I know that I talk a lot and it's one of those things that I, I know there's a time and a place for it. And I'm kind of just trying to be aware of it and then adjust based on the setting. I see Mary laughing. I definitely talk a lot. <laughs> this is perfect though. This is, this is why we're, we're podcasting. So you talk all you want. 
um wow so insightful so insightful logan i am a huge advocate for silence and uh, i want to share two perspectives first is uh this idea that emotional connection happens when people are silent together and so they've said something maybe it's something really heavy uh, maybe it's something really joyful and then there's this silence where people can look at each other and, and really experience emotional connection. And of course, when I'm leading events, it's, it's a lot about music. It's a lot about movement, laughter, uh, singing. It's not singing isn't silent, but it's oftentimes through eye contact and people are just feeling something and, and silently transmitting emotions. Um, the second thing is there's a cultural variability in the uh, acceptability of silence. So some cultures, they pause a lot uh, after they say something or after they're asked a question. And then in other cultures, there's like zero pause and people almost talk over each other. Uh, and that's the norm. And one thing that I've been trying to practice is letting people actually finish what they're saying and then letting that sit for a while. And often I'll find that people just have more to share. And they'll go deeper and they'll share something even more personal or something more emotional if I just don't overlap their speech, right? So I love that so much. Wonderful. Let's practice silence. I'm over here like, <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs> um, I'm telling you, virtual's great. Mute button is your friend. If you are someone who can't stay silent, just put yourself on mute and like- it helps. It helps. <laughs> oh my gosh. So scaling, scaling down once again to uh, us as individuals, one of my principles is uh, cultivate, cultivate my inner joy so that, so that it's easier for me to uh, experience joy with others. And I have a variety of practices for doing that and mindsets and I'm always curious about people's approach to cultivating this solo joy. Um, so I'd love to hear if there's anything you do or any strategies you have for, for cultivating that joy when you're alone. I definitely have a morning routine that takes me through this a little bit. Some, some days I'm better at doing it than others, but I'd say the morning routine in general just really like sets me up for success. It's like, it's like, um, like exercising, like having a moment to actually like eat a breakfast while I read something that's inspiring. And then I do some like gratitude stuff and then I'm good to go and I'm ready for the day and it's great. So I need that type of thing, you know, especially during stressful times to like get me through. But part of that specifically is like, I try to, I do this thing, I call it moments of joy. It's this thing in my phone. And I write down like three things, three specific moments from the last 24 hours that made me happy. And they're usually things like I got pizza last night and like stuff like that. But, but like, it's the gratitude practice, but I've specifically gone into moments of joy. And I think that's been really impactful for me. So i encourage it if anyone wants to try it recent moment of joy that you remember oh okay wait you're putting me on the spot <laughs> um 
I so I'm a cat lady. I have cats and most of my moments of joy have to do with them. And so, mm. yeah, I mean, yesterday my cat was playing with a laser and jumped in this big pile of clothes and like knocked it over and it was cute and I liked it and I wrote that down. Love it. um yeah I think for for me I've been on the road a lot with work and um gearing up for the yeah six-week trip right now to Santiago and so one of the hacks that I had earlier this year was that I created a I have you know you have your like toiletry kit all your stuff for the bathroom and so I made myself like a home kit that just has touches of home for me to turn my hotel rooms a little less into hotel rooms and one of them are like $10 twinkle lights. I really like, I'm a big Christmas fan, but I have twinkle lights all over my apartment. And I found having these battery operated ones that uh, I currently feel like I hit the lottery. They're on a timer, so they stay on for eight hours. So what I can do is the first night I get to my hotel room, I can put them on and then they'll just be on when I get home and they turn off while I sleep. And it's just that plus some other little things like I have like massage balls and things to keep my body feeling good while I'm gone. And that just helps, um, make it feel a little bit more homey for me. And so that's, I feel like where I can find joy in the busyness. Um, Mm. and then the other part, like Mary had mentioned, like movement as a former college athlete, I always saw exercise and workouts as like goal oriented. If I'm training for this goal, this is my measurement of success. And if I didn't have a goal, I kind of felt lost. And then the last six months or so I've kind of reconnected where it's more just, I feel better when I move. I like the happy endorphins it brings me. It sets me up for success of having a really productive day in addition to getting stronger and feeling good. And so that's been really fun for me in the last recently, even on the road to, you know, take advantage of a hotel gym or like for my Santiago trip, I'm packing a yoga mat and some bands and things that I'm like, even a mild sweat session just sets me up for success and makes me feel joy in addition to the work I'm doing. Um, But those are kind of top of mind things that are making me joyful now. Mm, Wow. Wow. I love the, the little home kit. Yeah. I haven't heard that, but, uh, I've noticed that I sleep really poorly when I'm on the road. So maybe, uh, that's a relevant recommendation that I could use. Um, yeah, what was coming to mind is just like these, these essential things about human biology, just moving, um, hydrating, uh, you know, what was coming to mind was this, uh, checklist I have for forgiving other people and it's called the malice checklist. And whenever, when anyone does something, uh, you know, harmful or disrespectful, I go through this checklist. And, uh, so it's, are they, are they sleep deprived? Are they malnourished? Are they dehydrated? Or are they super stressed? And oftentimes it's it's one of those. So there, there's these really, these fundamentals to facilitating joy in our bodies uh, that I think, and, and one thing that I advocate for is like nourishing my event guests and making sure they're hydrated and like creating a, a quiet space where they're not super activated. All those you know, checking those fundamentals, uh, at my event. Um, love it. And I'm reading a book right now about, uh, all the different forms of exercise and, uh, it's really exciting strength training zone two, and then, uh, maximal oxygen consumption. So there's like three that I'm going to start, uh, playing with. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. No, that's a uh, for for yeah, movement. I feel like it's one that I I feel like the more you can find what works for you, and there's no one stop solution for everybody. And as event pros, I'm like we're usually quite hard on our bodies. I think that's also a realization I've had. Yeah, since COVID, of just how much our bodies are a part of our job. And if your body is starting to have pain or issues like that can actually impact what you can actually do or to your point, the joy and the headspace you're in. I mean, maybe on your checklist too, it's like, does their body, you know, are they physically in pain? Because, you know, Mary, you mentioned people being unhappy on site. I mean, like I have memories of my first event, like when I was 18 and our boss being upset because her feet really, really hurt. And that would just put her in a bad mood you know, on some of the days that we were working and I'm like, yeah, if you just, I don't know what your solution would be, but you know, some of these things we can try to control. So it is very important as a, as an event pro to take care of your physical body. Excellent. Well, I'd love to close with uh, a final share. If there's a a quote or a mantra or something you tell yourself often, uh, whether it's for your career or just for yourself, um, yeah. Do you two have anything like that? Logan, yeah. <laughs> like I have two, I feel like I've said them on the podcast a lot. Um, just as like a business owner and a, and a freelancer, I have a, I have it framed on my desk so I can always see it. Um, but just saying that there will always be another gig, another event, because I think sometimes we have this scarcity mindset about, you know, if you say no to this one project, you know, what will happen after that? And it is one that I do believe there is an abundance of events and I still have to have it printed. So I remind myself when I have these moments of panic of like, oh no, you know, there isn't enough work. Um, And then my other one is done is better than perfect. As a perfectionist and a type A person, I feel like a lot of projects I've done now, I never would have gotten off the ground if I waited for them to be perfect from you know, my YouTube channel to now the podcast with Mary, it was one of those things where we had to look at ourselves and eventually just be like, well, episode one is going to be episode one. You know, that's, we, we can only do so much and we're only going to get better if we do this more than if we wait and try to make this episode one perfect. Um, and, and so that's one that I think those two mantras, I constantly say to myself. I love those. Definitely. I would say mine, I, there's a lot. I love like affirmations and things like that. I have stuff all around. But um, one that I say is from this little kid who's like on like Instagram or TikTok is like a reel and it, his parents were teaching him affirmations. And so every morning he'd like walk to school and he would say, I am smart, I am blessed and I can do anything. And so sometimes I just repeat that yes. in my head when I need it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that so much. Yeah, self self belief is so important, right? Self belief, believing we're intelligent and we're resilient and we can do anything. It it helps us take risks, and with those risks, we cultivate more self belief. We realize, wow, I can achieve so much more than I first thought, or wow, I can get up after a huge failure and the world isn't gonna fall apart, right? Um, relating to that, uh, one of mine is begin again. And it's just this idea of life begins again every moment. And, you know, the the future, the, there's always this potential to uh, be better in the future and um, like not, not just dwell on the past mistakes, but remember that you have a new opportunity to, to practice something new and to, to deliver what you're trying to deliver. 
Uh, this has been great. So uh, we'll see all of you uh, in the Antarctic uh, bobsled course. Uh, I booked our flights. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> Such a pleasure. All right. See Thank you in you so San much. Diego. <laughs>